Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. But I kind of like it. Hey, everybody, Recruiting Animal here on July 17, 2019. I almost said 2017, but I didn't. Hey, I got something special for you today. I'm not going to do the intro myself. My good friend from Scotland, Adam W. Gordon, is here. He's the CEO of a, a great new innovative company. It's not that new. It's a few years old already called Candidate ID. And he's got a special opportunity for you, okay, which I, I think is pretty great. Adam W. Gordon, are you here? Yeah, I'm here. Thank you for having me. Go ahead. Shoot. The floor is yours. So we launched our product, Candidate ID, two and a half years ago. And over the last 18 months, Recruiters, recruitment managers have said, look, if there's an opportunity for me to invest a 1000 or 5000 in Candidate ID, I'd really like to because I love what you guys are doing. And we haven't really had any opportunity to do that because we've only done one investment round and it was a straight 500000 or $600,000 um, from a seed VC firm. So the last person, however, about six weeks ago, the last person who said, look, I'd really like to put in $5,000 if it's possible – we said, okay, I'll tell you what, we've had so many people request to do this. Why don't we embrace it? And why don't we do a crowdfunding? And I'm aware that crowdfunding can be seen as for losers. But uh-huh. I think if you, if you aim it squarely at people in recruitment, HR, talent acquisition, which is all we've done since it launched about 27 hours ago, um, then you know, we, we believe that it's a great opportunity to bring in um, an army of advocates and to really build goodwill between us and the market we serve. And those people will be able to give us their feedback and really benefit in terms of a share price uplift. So that's what we've done, and we're very, very excited about um Okay, well, how about, much about money, do, well, how, like, what are the amounts that they can, people can invest? Well, um, a share is £100, which is $124. And up until about seven days ago, I, was, I understood that everybody across the world could invest at that level. But sadly, I realized I was told by Crowdcube, which is the platform that we're, we're using for this investment, that if you're in America or Canada, the minimum investment you need to do is $25,000. If you had a brain in so, your head, if you had a brain in your head, Adam, you wouldn't mention that. Just let them find out when they called you, okay? So people like me, Mr. I was going to invest. Jam. Hey. What? Am I on? What? Yeah, you're on. He was answering the question you asked, and then he's telling him if you've got a brain in your head, you'd not I answer know, it. He shouldn't. 
No, he shouldn't have mentioned that people like us can't invest. I wanted to invest, and now he's coming on a show that's primarily North American and saying, look, I got this great investment. And believe me, everybody, I think it's a great investment, okay? But now he's saying we can't do it. It's only for people in the U.K., it sounds like. Unless you're big. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not just for people in the U.K. So the the three countries where you're restricted on investing are the U.S., and Canada, where the minimum investment needs to be $25,000, or Japan, where you're not allowed to invest at all. Um, now, I'm, I, you're right. If I had a brain, if I had your brain, then I would let people f- go to the Crowdcube page and find that out themselves. But I'm also really transparent. So absolutely everything I tell you is exactly as it is. And I feel like I don't want to waste people's time. If they want to find okay, out about us, candidate ID, they can what, go and do it at the website. The, tell us what the company does. Not everybody knows. I think you can do it in a, in a nutshell. What does it do? <clears throat> yeah, sure. So it, it tracks and scores each candidate's interaction with your content online so that a recruitment agency or an in-house recruitment team knows at all times which candidates are hot for opportunities because they can see who's been looking at job descriptions, who's been looking at, you know, what's it like to work there, or is this recruitment agency Okay, so based on what, based on, based on what, pe- okay, you, first you get, you get the names of all the people in a profession, and then you send them some info, and by, by watching what they click on, you can decide who's most hot, and it separates the potential real hot candidates from people who aren't that interested right now. It tells recruiters who to call first. Is that, is that a good uh, explanation? That's that's correct. And listen, one guy from a recruitment business in the UK has invested £10,000. He put it in yesterday, which is about $13,000. And uh, he, he, his recruitment business has been able to achieve 50% more placements per recruiter from using Candidate ID. So he's got the benefit in that way, and he's, he likes it so much that he's invested. Okay. Anything else we should know? Yep, it's at crowdcube.com slash candidate ID. Okay, let's re- I'd, repeat I'd, that. I'd crowd, love crowd, to take... cr- hold on. Crowdcube, C-U-B-E? Yep. Yep, crowdcube.com slash candidate ID. One no word, candidate like ID? Just can't, just, yep, just consecutive letters, candidate ID. Okay. And there's an opportunity there to invest. There's an opportunity to request more information. There's an opportunity to ask questions. Final question. The well, what's, the, what's the return on investment expected? Um, I mean, it, you know, that's very difficult to say, and it says all over Crowdcube your capital may be at risk. So I do have to point that out. There's no guarantees of anything, of course. But my, my goal is to achieve minimum four times investment in the next three years. Wow. Okay. And uh, let me ask before we finish, Jerry, are you doing the shout? Jerry, are you doing the shout? Uh, no, my, no. Mentally, I just can't get. I just can't. I'm, I'm already focused on uh, buying this company right now. Okay. Uh, uh, Adam, your valuation. Adam, you your valuation, and given, you know, the kitchen, kitchen, given the amount of placements the kitchen recruiter makes, 
I'm yeah. absolutely sure you could probably do it. Go and look at our valuation. Jerry well. could afford it. Jerry could afford it. But I got to move on with the show. Adam, do you want to do the shout? I'm going to buy the I... whole thing and replace the management team immediately. Adam, do you want to do the shout? <laughs> okay. Adam, do you want to do the shout or should I just play play the tape? It's the recruiting animal yeah. show. I mean, the guy should have put a little okay. more life into that shout. I mean, he was whispering. This is a show, no, no, not a Scottish good. show. No, what? That was good. He said, animal shout. You no, that's not how it's supposed to be. Him. You can't compare that to a trained hey, professional. Jerry, are you on a speakerphone again? Are you on a speakerphone again? No, you're not. Not on this show. Okay. What? Hey, everybody. Excuse me. Excuse hey. me. Yeah. I thought that was kind of funny how uh, he was saying that, well, there's minimums to invest if you're in Canada or the U.S. And yeah. you yeah. thought that that meant that they you couldn't invest. I can't invest. <laughs> you just got to get 25K, man. I can't put Jerry, 25 Jerry, he's got to have in. money to invest. What's he well, making, yes, five bucks I... on the ads? Right. Why, do we ha- wanna... Why do we have to pay so much more? That's what I uh, want to I don't know. know. It's crazy. This is where all the money is in North America. Why would he pick that that site for it? But you know what? That company is innovative. I like it. I was ready to put money into it. But then he says, no, you got a 25K only. Okay, but I think it's a good opportunity. I, you know, like he said, it's a risk, but I think it's a good one. There, okay, okay. Hey, I got to thank my sponsors who are actually giving me a return of coffee money. PC Recruiter, the Swiss Army knife of recruiting software, Hire Tool, the super duper sourcing tool, and Hone It. H O N E I T. Yeah, they are I keep growing. Seeing they start their team. It's, it's crazy. Pick up the phone, you, Jerry. I am on the phone. Okay. He did pick up the phone. I can hear it. He picked you can hear me, Do I sound good to you, Kathy? Yeah, yeah, you sound good to me. Thank you. Yeah. H O N E I T, the phone Honan interview is technology. Still a sponsor? What? What? I can't hear you. Pick okay, up the phone. look, the guest came on when the guest showed up, you know, during the pre show little chat I had with him. He told me uh, he can't stay for more than half the show. <laughs> Last minute warning. So we better get really? to him. He's only got 20 minutes left. The okay. Old, give the me your money. Today, hey, I got a split. I like that. Yeah. The guest today is uh, Kevin Westner, W-E-S-S-N-E-R. Uh, Kevin, do you have a Twitter page? Because I sure couldn't find it. Uh, yeah, I'm not too active on, on Twitter. Um, I do got one. It's under uh, at KWestner1. Um, what is it? I, didn't, to... I did, couldn't make that out. What is it? At what? At K, my first initial, Westner1. Okay, at K Westner one. Yeah, well, geez, I guess you I'm not a good sourcer. I couldn't find it. What time did you go to bed last night? What time did you go to uh, bed last night? Ah, ten thirty. What time did you wake up? Oh, six thirty. Okay, so you're not a member of the six o'clock club. You're you're not rolling until you're seven. At seven. What time do you start work? Oh, I'm usually on. I'm on, ready to go. Coffee in me about seven o'clock. Uh huh. Are you working out right now? 
Are, are no. you on the bench right now? Are you working out? <laughs> is this a different guy than in, in, in between rapture. He's on Knoxville time. Is this yep, a different guy? guy? The first guy was just pitching the company. This is the real guest, okay? Well, okay? explain that. Who's the guest? Didn't I say his name is Kevin Wester, W-E-S-S-N-E-R? Okay, Kathy, wake up. Wake up. No, you say that. Kathy. What does he do? He's a contract corporate recruiter. He's going to tell us in a minute, but I just got to okay. get his success tips. I've got a new uh, module for the show, success tips. You know, are you a member of the 6 o'clock club? Uh, what do you eat? What did you have for breakfast today, Kevin? I had, since I'm doing keto, I had an egg witch mm-hmm. sandwich, which is basically a little egg frittata top and bottom as the bread, some turkey sauce. How long have you cheese. been on the ketogenic diet? How long? Uh, a month and a half. Oh, have you lost any weight? About 25, 26 pounds now. Wow! Nice. Uh, just for everybody, everybody knows that it's a high-fat, high-protein, zero-carb diet, right? And are you Correct. enjoying you it? Have, uh, Go ahead. No, I, I, miss, I miss pizza. I miss pasta. No, I'm not enjoying it, but... Uh, I'm definitely seeing the benefits, but uh, yeah, okay. I miss those things pizza are bad pasta. for you. Pizza and and <laughs> pasta are bad no. for you. Okay, no, you don't want no, that no. stuff. Do you work out? Do you work out? Yeah, yeah. When I can, uh, nah, a minimal because I'm not trying to get bulky. I'm trying. No, to, if you're to losing lose weight, you got to maintain your muscle. If you're losing weight, you got to maintain your muscle mass. Otherwise, you'll be skinny fat. It's called skinny fat. No, you don't want that, Kevin. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Just lift at least it. some light weights. Do you meditate? Do you meditate? Regularly. Yeah. How much? Serenity now. Oh, I'd say about 50 times a day. <laughs> oh, okay. That's not meditation. That's like uh, affirmation, right? Yeah. That's different. Yeah. Okay. No. And uh, no, it's my and that's it. Okay, <laughs> Kathy wants to know what you do. What's your title? Corporate contract recruiter? Yeah, I'm basically a contract recruiter uh, for a lot of different corporate entities. I've been contracting for several, several years now, both mid-size and uh, very large companies. But you, you recruit a wide range of people. You're really a generalist recruiter. Am I right about that? Yep, the only the only thing I have not recruited is doctors and nurses, but uh yeah, just about everything else. Okay. Well, you know, the natural question for me is everybody says you have to have a niche. Otherwise, uh you you sound like an ignoramus when you call people cuz you don't know anything <laughs> about their profession. You have to pick it up, you know, new every time you you got an order. Uh also, you can't build a relationship with anybody because you're not going to be working in their field for a long time. What do you think about those critiques? Um, I think it's I think it's a little fair. Uh, I come from a science background before I got into recruiting, so highly technical roles, you know, both on the the software side and engineering side, whether it be you know hardware, software engineering, or civil or environmental engineering. I have that technical background where no, you're a marine biologist. I looked at your profile. You're not an engineer. You're not a software uh, programmer. You're a marine biologist. Completely different. Uh, I don't see. Go ahead. Wasn't George a marine biologist at one point? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. No, I got into uh, you know marine biology, and obviously that comes with a lot of remediation projects. So there you have. 
you know, you're bringing on technical roles, everything from civil, environmental engineers, et cetera. So, yeah, it uh, definitely has a background. You've got to have a knowledge of everything you're doing. Okay, okay. So you've yep. been a recruiter for, for five years because you were in that marine biology, then you moved into sales in that profession, I think, and then you became a recruiter. Five years, how long did it take you to master the job, recruiting? Um, I, honestly, during uh, my marine biology days, we were constantly recruiting for new projects. So I had a, a little bit of knowledge as a project manager, well, you know, how to recruit, how to reach out, et cetera. I just never did it full time. Um, so I had a small, I guess, building block to, to build on when I went into it full time. And I would say it took me less than 30 days to come up to speed, you know, really learn how to engage passive candidates, et cetera, but definitely less than a month. It was a easy really? switch for me. Yep. Okay. But are you, are you unique or is that all it should really take anybody 30 days? No, it should take you less than 30 days. You got to have the conversation <clears throat> skills. You got to have at least a, a knowledge background of what you're looking for. Um, but really, you know, reaching out to those passive candidates, less than 30 days is, is, how long it took me to really fine-tune my outreach. Okay, well, what is the fine-tune? What, what did you have to learn to get to those passive candidates? What was it that you learned? Keep it short and simple. What does I that mean? mean? How, I started, how you, yeah. Let me make a note of that. Hold on. What was that? Right. Short and simple? Animal. Short and simple. There you go. Okay. Um, right no, it was, uh, I quickly learned uh, my first – full-on recruiting project I was given a software company as a client and you know I, I quickly learned that these software developers obviously are getting pounded by recruiters 50 times a day so I had to set myself apart if I was going to even get in their ear about an opportunity so I was looking at other emails recruiters and seeing the length and seeing the, the vagueness in theirs and I kept it like I was sitting at a bar having a beer with them and it seemed to work it clicked my client actually approached me after a few months of placements with them and said, Hey, would you like to come on full-time contract with us instead of us playing, you know, all these fees to your company and you splitting them. And I said, yeah, absolutely. So it just uh, took off from there. So what do you mean? You're, you're, first of all, you know, uh, how did you approach them? Was it email or cold calls? How did you contact these people? Both emails and cold calling, looking up different uh, venues. Hire tool was a, a tool we used, um, as well as obviously, you know, the, the tried and true LinkedIn recruiter. Uh huh. Okay. Is somebody listening to a, a tape uh, in the background or a radio? If you're doing that, please turn it off. Okay. Uh, let me see. Okay. So this is, this is we don't have a lot of time with you, so I want to get at least one thing clear. So you were uh, emailing people when you phone people up, when you cold call them. What's your pitch? Did you get them on the phone or did you leave, leave voicemails? Um, a lot of times I was put right to voicemail, so I was leaving my voicemail and following up with an email. Okay, what would the voicemail I'm not a, say? I'm not, a, I'm not a huge fan of calling people at work, but uh, what would the voicemail say? It would be, you know, short and simple, just like my email. Hey, my name's Kevin Westner. You know, I'm ex-recruiter at, you know, this company. I'm looking for, you know, X, Y, and Z person. I looked at your profile on LinkedIn. I think you're a good fit. Give me a call back. My number, real short and sweet. Okay, you know, I just read Garrick Chan wrote something, a comment on my uh, 
on my Facebook group, and he said that's transactional. You're not going to get a, a career – that doesn't generate a career conversation with the candidate. They're going to say how much, uh, and, and it's going to be hard to uh, develop them. Uh, obviously, you, you don't agree with that because you said you're, no. you're pretty good at getting – Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely good at it, and I'm definitely good at, at maintaining my relationships beyond, uh, you know, people that I've placed. I still get people two, three, four years ago that say, hey, remember me? I'm looking to okay. switch. Do you know of anything? Okay, so people reply to the voicemails. Is that what you're telling me? Yes, they do? Yep, they do, how many both do email you have to, and, uh, and voicemail. How many do you have to leave voicemails before they reply? Uh, tough question. I you. They'll get back to me either way. Hey, I got your voicemail. Or they usually reply via email, um, you know, versus calling me right back. I'd say, uh-huh. you know, of the people that call me back versus email me back, I'd say, you know, less than 20% call me. They email me first. Okay. So yeah, you leave animal, your uh, – He has – Animal, he has a very distinctive voice, and he kind of yeah. reminds me of Jerry's style. And yeah, it, yeah, it's you're right. And something that I – I would respond to because of his voice. Uh huh. Really? Okay. Good. Thank you, yeah. Kathy. You got a compliment from Kathy. Okay. Uh, I think it's an <laughs> I interesting. It. It's an interesting voice and and style as well. It's it's like he's intelligent, but he sounds like a mm-hmm. a, a, a hick. Okay. Uh, right. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, animal, animal. It would be a good old boy. Okay. There, there we go. Okay, but you said your your style is it's just like you're sitting down for uh, with them for a beer. What does that mean, actually? Spell that out for me, will you? That that means I mean I know their skill sets. You know I can see it on paper. I can see it on the profile. I know their skill sets. And a lot of my clients, you know, big, you know, and I'm sure this goes with a lot of people. A lot of my almost all of my clients are like Kevin. We can't tell you how important you know the culture fit is. We need this type of person. These are the type of personalities in our group. Can you uh, give so me an example? Job, because usually nobody knows what culture fit means. What is, when they say the culture fit is important, how do they give you the guidance for that? Uh, it's, it's simple. Uh, it's, you know, having that, you know, I guess almost personal relationship with the hiring manager. Uh, I could give you an example. One of my hiring managers, I have a weekly meeting with her, and we talk about our families and what we did, you know, over the weekend, you know, the first five, ten minutes of our, our weekly update call. So that, you know, that family atmosphere that, you know, that tells me a lot about her. And, you know, I'm looking for, you know, that type of person who not only, you know, balances their career, you know, and their professional skills, but has those family values that she's going to be looking for. And I know you can't really talk about family, ask about family, blah, 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 et cetera, you know, to a candidate, but you can get that feeling from the candidate. And I think I have, you know, just a, a good reputation for doing that. Okay, but sitting next to them talking at a bar, what does that mean exactly? Do you, do you, do you say to them like, "What'd you do this weekend? Uh, how do you what, what do you think of the the Blue Jays or the Raptors or whatever?" <laughs> yeah, I, I do. You know, I'll read into you know their background, where they went to school. A lot of times, you know, I'm down here in SEC country, so I'm a Tennessee Volunteers fan. If I see somebody went to Alabama, Florida, or wherever, you know, another big name college. You know, I'll break the ice that way and, you know, kind of get to know them as a person, see, you know, what outside of work they're interested in. Is there some geography that you're specifically focused on? Is it your region, your south, south nope. uh, east region nope. of the United no. States? No, nope. no, I've done the United States. I've done abroad Europe, Saudi Arabia. I've done everywhere. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Wow. 
I actually, okay. I actually had to find mechanics to work on F-15 fighter jets for the Royal Saudi Arabian Air Force, and that was almost impossible because nobody works on F-15s anymore. They're they're F-16 and above, but uh, they only wanted people from Canada and Europe. They didn't want no Americans. And it was just, you know, that that's probably one of the toughest recruiting projects I've ever had. How did you how did you find those people? Are they on LinkedIn? <laughs> I found one in Canada and it was a woman and they wouldn't take her because she was a woman. Okay, but how did you to, find I, the I had other to walk people? away. Oh, I I didn't. I had to walk away. It was just, oh, you know, okay. me spinning my wheels. Yeah, it was uh-huh. something that you know, hey, here's this project, and I knew it was going to be tough, but I, you know, before I took it on, I said, this is going to be almost impossible to understand. They're like, yeah, we know. Just do what you can. And so I, okay. so I tried, and, and I did find one. You're a contract recruiter. Does that mean you, you work for a few months at one company and then move to another company? Um, It depends. I've worked, uh, you know, I've had initial contracts for six months, and then they say, Kevin, we're going to need you for another year, and they'll just extend it. I've had other ones where it was a straight, uh, you know, we've got these positions to fill, and once once they're filled, they're over, and and the contract's done. And how do you find another job if you have to keep changing all the time? I mean, that's hard work, isn't it? Um, a lot of referrals. I have a, a pretty extensive network that I can rely on. I get uh, a lot of people, you know, in the past that I've worked with uh, have actually referred me without, you know, even my knowledge, and, and I'll get a call from X company saying, hey, you know, my friend Joe Smith at this company said you did a lot of good recruiting work for them. I wondered if you were available because I've got five new roles to fill and I need them filled quick. I don't have the manpower to do it. Can you help? Um, okay. So honestly, you were, most, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait, wait, yeah. You were you yeah. were in agency recruiting. Kathy already told you she likes the way you sound. I like it too. Right. Okay. How how come you went inside? Because you sound like a guy who could generate a lot of business. I like it inside, uh, you know, on the outside, I had so many, I had not a lot, but I had a few deals, you know, just fall through and I understand it happens. I like the steady pace. I like being able to be on the inside to represent the company, honestly, and first and foremost in my email. That way I don't have to sit there and, you know, be vague about the company I'm representing, you know, to avoid the candidate, you know, figuring it out and applying themselves. Um, uh-huh. I like to represent myself that way, and it allows me to be a lot more open and honest and straightforward right off the bat. Okay, just like uh, you told Jerry, simple, keep it simple, and so that yep. keeps it simple. Okay, you don't have to be sort of a prevaricator. Uh, has AI, artificial intelligence, affected you at all? We keep reading articles yeah. about it. I just go ahead. Well, tell me. I've used it. I've used it before, and and. Um, Probably not in the sense that you're meeting. I've used an AI intelligence recruiting software platform called Aria, and I, I liked it sort of. It took a couple of rounds to to get through, you know, really whittling down what Aria was bringing me as far as candidate wise, but it was very very slow. I mean, the, the amount of time it took for that to just go from screen to screen, it had nothing to do with my internet. It was on their end. Okay, is that I like just is, way is that, slow. that like higher tool a sourcing a sourcing tool? Is that yeah, yeah. Are, are, okay. uh, it's good. It just needs uh, needs to speed up a little bit. Okay, so AI is that is that where you see it affecting us initially in the sourcing tools? Is that is that where it is? No, no. I don't I don't think so. Um, you still have to get that candidate on the phone. You still have to talk to that candidate. Um, AI is not going to replace. I think what what really good recruiters do in that sense. 
Uh, it may pull out the keywords and, uh-huh. You know, if AI is going to just pull keywords, you're, you're not going to get the right candidate. Because, okay, you know, I'm moving on because this might be the final question. Uh, this, guy, this guy wrote on the Facebook today. He said, hiring managers don't give an F, you know, what word. They don't give a, uh, an F-bomb about candidate experience or company brand. And he was referring to these, uh, apparently, the statistics show Gartner, the consulting firm, said that uh, hiring managers are taking a lot longer to get to an offer. Okay, first of all, have you noticed that? And is it because, you know, why, why, are they, why is it happening? Um, yes and no. Uh, I've had hiring manager in the past uh, where he, he really did uh, feel that his roles were mission critical and he made himself available at all costs to get the right candidate in for the interview as soon as possible and make the right decision as soon as he was comfortable with it, you know, as soon as, you know, as possible. But I have had other hiring managers that, you know, I totally agree. They'll say, yes, Kevin, this, this position is mission critical. And all of a sudden it's a week or two just to get feedback after several follow-up attempts. Um, so I, I have noticed that. And I've noticed, um, you know, especially in, in hiring groups of candidates that, that are going into a group itself, they may make a couple initial hires, but then all of a sudden the hiring manager will drag their feet seeing how these people are working out and what else they might maybe change the remaining positions on, et cetera. So I, I do agree that, uh, you know, majority how of my do you hiring manage managers. These, uh, okay, the, the last example you gave, I think that's legitimate. Right. Bring in some people, see how they work out before we start moving ahead. But let's say these people who are just sluggards, they, they give you a, a mission-critical search, and then they drag their feet, or, you know, they say, I like the candidate, but the offer's not forthcoming. How do you handle them? Because you sound like a manly man. I wouldn't want to <laughs> necessarily fight with you, okay? Uh, now, I hope right. I didn't mean that in a sexist way, but you don't sound like a pushover, okay? So are you, are you uh, easy to push around, or do you fight back? No, I fight back on that because I let them know it's a candidate-driven market, and if you're not going to jump on the talent while it's there and available, somebody else will. And, uh, you know, I'm straightforward and honest about that, you know, and, and you've got to make this decision because if you don't, Company X is going to make the decision, and all of a sudden this candidate is interviewing final stages and you're still waiting on an offer. What happens? Do now they listen to you? Now, do, do they listen to you? Or, like, what happens? How does it resolve? Uh, yes and no. Sometimes they listen to me and, and they say, yeah, well, what I understand. What if they don't Sorry, listen? What if busy. they don't listen? What do you do? What if they don't when listen? They, That's what I want to get don't, to, okay? <laughs> when they don't listen, I, I, I just sit there and be like, look, Joe Smith was available. You didn't jump on him. Now he's got an offer with somebody else. He's not coming here anymore. We're going to start almost over again. Because you well, waited. why don't you and say I to them, them no, I'm not working on your search. It goes to the bottom of the barrel. I already put my heart into it, and you screwed it up. Why, why not? They, con- they contracted me to work for them, and I'll continue to work for them, but I'll let them know exactly why the candidate they wanted fell through. You know what? And I'll put but it they'll on they'll blame it yeah. on you. They'll say, look, yeah. you know, these guys, they don't take responsibility. They're not going to say, you know, I screwed it up, uh, Kevin. They're going to say, look, this search has been open for five months. What, what, you stink. And then they'll give you a bad reference somewhere else. They won't say, oh, you know, he's a great recruiter, but I gave him a really hard time. He bring in people, and I, I delayed till we lost them. They're not going to say that. you got to tame these people, or it's going to reflect badly on you, Kevin. That's what you can take <laughs> away from this show. 
Okay, should I let you go? It's twelve thirty. Should I let you go? Yeah, yeah. My apologies. My apologies, sincerely. You know what? Uh, I was yeah. mad when you told me, but I like you. You'll come back another time. Because, <laughs> like Kathy said, you're an interesting guy to listen to. Now I'll ask yeah, Alan no. Fleur. If Alan Fleur is still here, he's a corporate recruiter. I'll ask him the questions I was going to ask you. What were you saying? What were you going to say? Who me? No, I was just yeah. going to say thank you, guys. I, I certainly appreciate it, and I'd love to be back anytime. Okay, buzz off. Okay. All right. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> bye, 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 bye. Alan Floor. Alan Floor, are you still still with us? Alan, are you there? I gotta have someone to talk to. Alan, he's gone. Okay. Alan, Phil in London, are you with us? Phil in London. Yeah. Who wants to talk? Yeah, I'm here. Who can you hear me? To... Yeah, now I can hear you. I guess there's a delay. Wait. Are you going to buy some shares in Candidate ID? You're, you you can do it. We can't. Um, no, I'll probably buy some shares in Amazon. Amazon? How much is that? A lot, but they're taking over the world. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yesterday was prime. Today is Prime Day or whatever. What do you want no, to tell us, Phil? Is there more because of the infrastructure and the um, the cloud and they're going to beat away Oracle and yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm not interested in that, Phil. Uh, what I want to know is, whatever. when you get when you get these guys, these managers who are dragging their feet, how do you deal with them? Do you do you you know say, oh, you shouldn't do that, and let them walk all over you, or do you you know lay down the law and say, you know, you're going to work with me, you do it my way, or, or I'm out of here. What do you do? As as a corporate recruiter or as an external agency recruiter. You tell me. You tell me because the last well, guy was as, corporate. Yeah, I mean, Cor- as a corporate recruiter, you know, you definitely want to get in early and ensure that they understand the terms of engagement and how important it is to get moving. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, when you're a corporate recruiter, you've got every tool internally to bug them like crazy from Slack to, you know, Zoom to whatever. You can you can bug them and you can, you know, you can talk to their line manager. You can make it happen internally. External as an agent, it's all about the relationship, isn't it? If they understand you, if they've got a lot of respect for you. Um, they're going to, they're going to understand that you need to get things moving. If you've got a good relationship with a client, you can bug them because, and when you bug them, it's like, you know, I always, I always say, sorry to be such a pest, but, you know, uh-huh. and yeah, you know it. what? You guys uh, amaze me. Him, that guy, Kevin, and you saying, oh, yeah, it can be resolved. It can't be resolved. Sometimes somebody's got to get tough. Now, you said if you're on the corporate side, you can report them. Have you ever done that? Report the manager to somebody else? It's not a question of reporting, but, I mean, in most cases, I work with C-level uh, folks. So if I'm if I'm dealing with line managers below them, I will gently ask the their bosses uh, to, you know, check in with them to see how it's going and maybe put a bit of pressure on that doesn't involve me and all of a sudden you'll see them reacting a bit quicker. But as a, as oh, yeah? Ex- yeah? Yeah. And as an external agent, though, if you don't have that, you know, when you say it gets to the point where you've got to get tough, what does, what does get tough mean for you? Okay, if if you're if you're an external agent and and uh, you you work really hard to find somebody that's hard to find and you get them in there and they say oh you know we need three people on our interview panel this other person's traveling for a month forget it I'm not working with you anymore okay I'm gonna lose this person 
You know, she's only visiting the city for a few days or something like that. And if you're in your corporate, I don't have that experience. But, well, I mean, it, as I told it, Kevin, it's going to reflect badly on you, even if they say, oh, I'm sorry, it was me. It won't be in the end. A recruiter has to, you know, fill those positions. And if for whatever reason uh, they don't get filled, it's, it's, it's his or her responsibility. So those uh, slu- sluggish managers – they have to be whipped into shape if, if necessary. But there's always a way around it. So if you've got a candidate that's only in town for two days, you know, that, that you've got to surely look for alternatives if that individual hiring manager can't do it. Look for substitutes. Look for ways around it. Instead of mm-hmm. throwing toys out of the pram and losing the client, you're right. You might lose the candidate, but you might not. And uh, it's, a, it's a numbers game, you know. So why, why pull the plug on it when there's an outside chance that it'll happen anyway. Uh-huh. Is, is Jerry still here? I think Jerry's gone. Jerry gone? Is uh, it just you and me? No, it's not just you and me. Uh, there's, other, there's other numbers here, but I don't know, you know who they are. Uh, Erico 310? Is that, I don't know who that is. Who's 310? Maybe that's Kendra. She doesn't want to talk. Erico no, 243 is Kendra. Oh, Okay. Kendra, are you free to talk? I got a question that a woman has to answer. I'll try. You can say no. No, no, no. <laughs> you, you, you're, you're, you're job hunting. Okay, I don't want to put you in an awkward position. Forget it. <laughs> yeah, go let back, everybody know that, that. That I am also looking for my next contract. <laughs> is, is that you? Really, you want people to know, or am I saying something wrong? No, um, but I sit in an open seating area, open plan, so it's hard to talk. Oh. Okay. Okay. Well, I can delete that that part from the show later on. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I goofed. I goofed. Area code six one nine. Maybe you want to talk. Any any women here? Okay, work. I'm here, but I don't know what I can add. I mean, what did you want? Okay. What's this business? Sorry, uh, Phil. You can't answer this. What's this business with mansplaining? I think that guy Evan. Evan. He was right. He said that's a sexist term. You know, no recruiter should ever use that word. And I agree with him, but he got slaughtered. What is, what's up with that, Kathy? I have, it was the first time I had even seen that term. Oh, so okay, so you I'm don't know. probably not the right person to ask. Okay, okay. Uh, Phil, do you, do you mansplain? Phil, do you mansplain people? Women? Do you mansplain them? No. I, I mean, what, what is mansplaining? I don't know. It's like, you know, talking down to women, like uh, imagining they don't know anything and explaining. I think it's explaining simple things to them that, you know, it's, so it's demeaning. So if you do that, I, I really don't know. But, you know, my it, husband it's, it's does not... that to me all the time. My husband does that all the time. And then I end up knowing what he's talking about and it shocks him. So, okay. yeah, I guess okay. I've experienced it. Did, did, did it happen we... to you when you were at Deloitte? Did it happen at Deloitte a lot? Everybody thought you were a dummy? Um, you know, or... in one particular uh, technical uh, area, uh, arena, one team, it did. It was horrible. So uh-huh. I left that part of the team. But, yeah, it was bad. Okay, so they thought you didn't understand these technical things, and they thought it because you were a woman? Is that what you're saying? I got that implication. That's what, yeah, because we we then put a man on the role, and he didn't get the same pushback that several women women had. Okay, so, you weren't the only one. Okay. Okay. No, fine. No. 
I, I, you know, I, I've seen some husbands talk over their wives the odd time, but I've seen it the other way too. So I don't know if that uh, that counts. I haven't seen it at work. I got to do an ad. Hey, everybody, recruiting animal here for Hire Tool. You know, uh, uh, Amy Miller, who believes in in mansplaining, by the way, she's a crusader against it. One thing she knows about for sure, even if it isn't mansplaining, she knows about sourcing, and she loves Hire Tool. H i r e t u a l. She says it's her favorite sourcing tool, hands down. I'm quoting her. She says, "I recruit engineering managers in big tech. I've done side by side comparisons between Hire Tool's AI sourcing function and another." brand name tool there was no contest okay hire tool provided relevant results full contact info okay and uh she says i'll talk about it with anybody she's an ambassador for the company informally okay hire tool check it out and now i'm going to talk about pc recruiter and you can hang up if you don't like me doing the ads i have to have coffee jerry's got to have coffee okay this is what Jeremy Sizemore says, and he's a big biller. He's a specialist uh, in SAP. He says, I've been on PC Recruiter for over 15 years. And you want to know why? Because there's no darn reason to change. They're constantly improving that product. They have great customer service. It's well-priced and has all of the functionality I want. I love the mobile app. I use it all the time. I like that I can import a LinkedIn profile or a Zoom info profile just by clicking the import button. You know, PC Recruiter, you can customize reports however you want for team meetings. It's a staple in our industry, but not only that, half the people in the Pinnacle Society, the biggest billers in the United States, half of them are running PC Recruiter. Check it out at PCRecruiter.net. I got one more ad, but does anybody want to talk? I mean, there's uh, my, you know, my guest screwed me. Uh, does anybody here want to talk? No. He was very interesting, and I don't know how he learned to recruit across the board in 30 days. I would have liked to have known more about that because it took me a yeah, while. Yeah, well, yeah, I, he, I but, I could, but you know the funny – oh, okay, is that Alan? You're back? Sorry, I was on making Alan. an offer. Yeah, he just oh, sounded okay. like, well, sound like little boy ego. No, no, hold he on a second. Like he said – no, hold on. Let me ask oh, Alan a question. Alan's a, Alan's a corporate recruiter, and this guy said it takes only 30 days to, to master it. Who's, who's, who's listening to another show in the background? Okay, don't do it. Is that you, Alan? No. Alan. No, it's not. Okay. okay. So, no, Dad, okay. I did, it's not me. Yeah, okay. Well, listen to me. i got a question for you, kid. He said it takes 30 days to get trained for corporate recruiting. Do you, were you just telling that, uh, Kathy, that's an egotistic statement? It's not true? Yeah. Uh, well, here, let me put it this way. Can I hand somebody a process flow chart and say, here's how it happens? Sure. Can you teach all the ins and outs in 30 days? No, I'm – I'm still learning stuff all the time. Also, also, like it what? Tells me he, what was the last thing? You, what was the last thing you learned? What was the last thing you learned? Just on negotiations. Like on, what? Uh, I'll bet nothing. You're making that up. You're pulling it out of thin air. What is it you learned? I had to figure out how to get a guy from Los Angeles to the Bay Area for seven months and back, and how to how to uh, how to listen to him for what was important to him, and figure out if he was just trying to get a little bit more money or for the alternatives turned out to be the alternatives, so he'll be signing the offer 
Okay, tomorrow. but what did you learn? That was just a negotiation. What did you learn? You didn't learn any general principles to take with you to oh, a, well, okay. another. Well, gen- no, what I was talking about it was animal. Is he said he learned how to recruit in 30 days, meaning he was a beginner. He was a newbie. Yeah. So I don't know how he did that. And yeah, if you're okay, a generalist, you, you just, you just, well, okay. here's a question. If you're animal. a generalist, you've got to learn about all of the different, yeah. um, you know, areas that you're recruiting for. So it could be trucking, it could be technical, it could be nursing, it could be. You've got to r- wrap up on all those topics. So and actually, did I you know. ask him? I'm sorry. Did we ever find out what 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 he recruits on? Is it all tech? Is it janitors? All kinds. No, Ed sales, anything. He's a generalist, but he did seem to focus on tech jobs, civil engineering, engineering jobs mm-hmm. that he said he understood already from his time as a marine biologist. Yeah. But he that said doesn't he did bring... mean that you can recruit. It, it, recruiting is a whole different skill set, and I kind of take umbrage to that. Okay. Okay. Alan wanted to say something. You, you, you pulled no, no, the no, chestnut out of the fire. Kathy. Kathy, Kathy made it. Kathy made, I agree with Kathy. Okay. I, I think, think, I, I think hey. people that you can, you know, it depends who it is, right? If you're really bright, if you're intuitive, if you've got a lot of common sense and there's a lot of common sense in recruitment, then, yeah, you're going to pick it up. But if you're, like, you know, pretty stupid. Yeah, and if he was hiring, if he was part of the hiring committee or whatever that hired at the various jobs he was at previous to getting into the industry, yeah, he might have a little bit more, a little bit more that he doesn't really think – you know, no, he, he did say learn. he was doing recruiting. Yes, he was doing recruiting in yeah. his other jobs, but it wasn't primarily a recruiting role. What about this? Animal There's a woman. Animal doesn't like to generalize, so we can't generalize. Okay. Well, I like to talk about specifics. It's true, but we are talking in generalities with, with this. But I want to move on to something else. This woman said uh, that she has a trouble when she's doing a screen on candidates. Some of them talk too much, and she's too polite to tell them to uh, shut up. Uh, and so I was wondering if, if anybody uh, else has, has had that problem. If, you know. No. Okay, Hello? Kendra will take that one. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, um, Kendra. I, yep, I lead with, hey, the hiring manager has already seen your resume and is interested. I have exactly seven questions in 15 minutes. <laughs> Uh, and I just really want to make sure we have a great match, and I want to pull out highlights. I really need tweet-length answers. And, and I don't mean fly. to be abrupt, but uh, no, I get the yackers, and I will put that to a hiring manager. Has no sense of synthesis, rambles, doesn't understand what 15 minutes means. I I, I have the same problem. That's why. Um, and I try okay, really hard to be. you don't cut them be, off. You don't cut I do. them off. I try. I How? try. How? Tell them. Um, Tell them to yeah, this up. is all on your resume. I just need a quick example. I just need, you know, I just really want to make sure you have that. I'm just checking the boxes. And I advise not to do that in the interview. You know, I, I give them constructive feedback. Yep. Yeah. I do that too. But yeah. you can't hide who people really are. You know what? You know when you've got a rambler. I, I had a guy the other day. He said, he said, you got to forgive me. I do tend to go off a tangent. I said, well, you're going to have to forgive me because I do tend to tell people that go off at tangents, not to go off at tangents. Listen to listen to what this one woman said. My first question, I had to cut him off after 10 minutes. 
Every question was like that. When I tried to end the call, he said he had three questions, and he spoke for five minutes without even asking a question. And I had to cut, <laughs> I had to cut him off again and say, do you have a question? Okay? So apparently some people do just like uh, they, they do ramble, and, and uh, it sounds like you do have to interrupt them. But, you know, some people, I'll bet you it they get mad. It doesn't work, you, though. It doesn't always work. Yeah. I had a really high-level guy at Deloitte who was so full of himself, and forgive me, he was from England, and just thought he was, every, you know, the biggest, you know, the hottest whatever on earth, and rambled just like you said, animal. And there, he he was not hired. I mean, he went through the interview process, but because of that attitude and, and not listening, he wasn't hired. So they do uh, themselves in. That- so people get to they get turned away because they talk too much, even if they're technically competent. That's what I'm hearing. Uh-huh. That's, yep. that's what I'm hearing from the people in the trenches. Well, they, they uh, uh, Alan, I'm it. surprised Alan didn't say something. He's got a very forceful voice. I thought he wouldn't have any problem with with no. that at all. Yeah, I, Alan has I, a great I, voice. Alan has a great I, voice for recruiting. I think the, um, the the one the one that gets me is when people talk themselves out of a job at interview. <laughs> How do they do you, that? They just keep uh, talking. Yeah, they keep uh-huh. talking, or they don't. They don't read the room. Where if somebody says, "Do you have a question?" If you know you're sitting in a room with two executives, and what questions do you have? And they, they either they won't stop asking. They they don't. That's like two, three, four questions. They keep asking and keep asking. Now, if it's a back and forth, that's fine. But you can if they don't read the room. I've seen many people talk themselves out of a job. Really. Okay. Many cases, oh, yeah. nerves, isn't it? People are very nervous, and you know, you got, if you've got three candidates, and it means more to you know than the top one, they're going to be the most nervous because of their circumstances, and you know, sometimes nerves get the better of you. So in some cases, it is down to the employer to be able to work out, you know, why is it, and what, why do they do that? Do they do that normally? And additionally, if it's a techie role where they don't chat all day and they don't need to be talking, then I don't care how much they talk because they're probably not going to be doing But if they're in sales and it's a commercial role and it's client-facing, then absolutely, then you're going to be very conscious of it. And I know some interviewers who will purposely not interject just to see how long they go on for. And I know one uh-huh. guy that walked out of the room, made a cup of tea, came back <laughs> about three minutes later, and the guy's still rambling on, and uh, you're speaking to that person. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, interesting. I've got a... Uh-huh. I usually give them an example of how to answer and not how to, a framework for answering and not answering questions. It's oh yeah, just, it's, like you want, you want to tell us? Sure, I call it my Hawaii my Hawaii answer. So if you are if you're interviewing at noon in Los Angeles and the question is, do you know what time it is in Hawaii? There's three answers you could give. One is yes, a little too short. The second, the second answer is you describe how to melt the metal to build the gears, to build the watch, to tell the time. Way too involved. The third choice is, oh, what time is it in Hawaii? Well, it's noon now. It's a three-hour time difference. It's, it's 9 a.m. in Hawaii. It would be kind of nice to have this, this interview in Hawaii with a nice cup of coffee, but it's 9 a.m. Boom, uh-huh. done. And I also tell them, you know, if you have to, on your notebook, write STFU someplace where only you can see it. And and uh, your candidates don't mind you giving them giving them telling them how to talk. Nope. No, no and okay. actually and the ones and the ones that do, 
Because I'm not trying uh-huh. to – you know how I talk animal. Kathy knows. Yeah. Look, I'm, yeah. I try to be as respectful as possible and not say, you know, I just say, here, look, let me share something with you, my experience. I have this issue. Here's how I've addressed it. Here's something that helps me. And these managers like stuff. They're engineers. They like their information bullet point, direct, and just add a little bit after that. And if somebody has a problem, a huge problem with it, it's like, hmm, I'm wondering about their communication ability. Yeah, I will okay. tell candidates to give the highlight, the success. You know, hey, I implemented this SAP thing and it transformed the financial systems. Would you like to hear more about my role in that? You know, throw it back as a question, and they'll say, nope, that's good. good I got it. Next question. Yeah. And, Great no, idea. I do want to hear exactly what you did in every phase. <laughs> that's a really good way to do it. like that. Yeah. Sounds pretty good. Okay, I'm going to do an ad. Hey, everybody. Phone it. H-O-N-E-I-T. You know what it is? It's phone interview technology. It records your interviews and turns the key questions and answers into separate audio clips to help the hiring managers hear the motivation, the personality, and the enthusiasm. Can you hear my enthusiasm? The enthusiasm that the recruiter just heard. When you can share a story with a hiring manager in the candidate's own voice, presuming it's a good communicator, it delivers a ton of info that you just can't get from a resume or a dry report from a recruiter. So if you want to get a hiring manager excited about a great candidate, share some of that sizzle with Honeit, H-O-N-E-I-T dot com. It turns everything into a searchable transcript as well. You know, I was just thinking with this regards to Honeit, though, if you get somebody who is not a good <laughs> communicator, <laughs> what I are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. It's just a coincidence that I did the ad while we were talking about, about these people who have to, you know, yeah, yeah. The, the hiring manager gets gets the recording, and the guy's taking fifteen minutes answering two minute questions. The guy goes out for tea, and it's still there. Okay, uh, let me see. You know what? Only 30% of companies have mobile-friendly applications. That shocked me. I mean, it's 2020, 2019, and they're not mobile-friendly yet? How come? Does anybody have an opinion on that? I'm shocked, anybody? You don't have to? I'm shocked, no, because I use my phone for everything. Yeah, uh-huh. so, yeah. so does everybody else. Yeah. So does everybody else, but you're not supposed to apply for jobs on them. Are flip-flops okay in an interview? No. Anybody? Kathy's no. a no? No. Alan? No. Alan? Not even on Silicon Beach in no. Santa Monica. I'm not you want to look at someone's toes? <laughs> what if they have toe yeah. fungus? Why not? Why not? What I don't mind looking at toes. It's really What's simple, animal. It's, it's disgusting. Look, you always no. you you always want your you as a candidate interviewing, you always want to dress for one level above, and you've just dressed uh-huh. two levels below. <laughs> okay, but I wouldn't even second. wear open-toed shoes to an interview. I wouldn't. Really, Phil just said, "Look, it depends on the candidate. If they're a techie, who cares, right?" And I understand that some of these startups, they're extremely informal, and if you dress too formally, they, they are going to feel uncomfortable with you. That's so true. You're you're not the wrong suit. I didn't they say wear that. tennis shoes. Wear closed-toed tennis shoes. I did not say that. <laughs> you didn't say I, that. You said the person uh, doesn't have to be able to communicate. So I was transferring that same idea 
over to shoes. If they don't have to communicate, they don't have to wear nice shoes either, right? Uh, Hard shoes. Yeah, but if I you know how stuck. I feel about feet, then you 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 get it. You know, I just you don't like feet. Is that uh, you've got a foot uh, problem? Is is that what you're it. saying? I definitely have foot issues. I've never seen a good-looking foot in my life. I haven't either. I had a girlfriend with beautiful feet. No, no, I had a girlfriend who had very beautiful feet. Okay, um, she did. Okay. Go ahead, Kendra. Kendra. Um, I'm, I don't like the open toes or the uh, flip-flops, but I really, really, my pet peeve is gum. Who chomps gum during an interview? Spit it out. True. I would wonder what it is. True. <laughs> Thank you, Kathy. I, wouldn't, I just would walk them out the door very quickly if they were gumming it. Really? Absolutely. That's, oh, yeah. yeah. Terrible. That's a really, no. 101. Wow. Wow. You guys are tough. Uh, you guys are tough. Okay. Let me see. Uh, oh, what, what, what else was there going on? You, you know, you guys, I don't know if you want to comment on this. I sort of got, I took a real beating. Now, like, there's nobody in a Facebook group. There's nobody who's got a sense of humor or is lighthearted. I mean, what was the problem with, uh, you know, uh, that, that girl who was recruiting wearing those I thought they were yoga pants at first. They were uh, skinny jeans. They were leggings. Uh, I mean, they were skinny jeans. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with yeah, that. I, I mean, I, yeah, they're, but they're, what are they? Those are stretchy pants. Like they're because stre- I don't even know how she got them on. Really, uh, they were so tight. They, most of them uh, have a lot of stretch in them. That's all I wear are skinny jeans. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, stretch. So, uh, you know what? I mean, ever, uh, there's all kinds of style changes, in, in, and whenever there's a change, uh, it also always makes the newspapers and, and people uh, talk about it, like you know, miniskirts, uh, um, uh, long hair, uh, business casual. People talked about it endlessly. So why why was there such a, a vehement? I mean, uh, one woman, what did she call me? A dick. She called I me a know, dick. They and were some, so terrible to you. I couldn't believe yeah, it. Somebody else liked they liked it. I mean, oh, what was going on there? I, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't what get it. Do? I'm quitting the group. What have you done now? What? What? What have you done now, Animal? What did you say? Oh, you know, well, there was a discussion about whether a recruiter can wear uh, yoga pants at work. And this young woman actually went to a, a college. She was recruiting there. She was a campus recruiter, and she was wearing uh, tight p- pants. I thought they were yoga pants. They were so form-fitting. Yeah. Uh, she was very curvy, and uh, apparently they were skinny jeans. <laughs> but they looked like paint-ons, right? So I said, so this was my example. Yeah, it doesn't. You don't only have to wear them at your home office or even, you know, at at your uh, in-house corporate office. You can actually go out and meet the public. And wear these pants. It's it's well, you it's know, animal. It was animal. It was the situation. She was college recruiting, so you want to dress accordingly, and that would be uh-huh. appropriate for college recruiting. Uh-huh. You know, okay. at, at a job fair, that's appropriate. Mm-hmm. My son is business casual now, working, um, doing a law internship at USD, and he wears his business casual is those short, skinny pants where you can see the socks. And you know an Oxford shirt. It's it's you uh-huh. know now it's in in to see the socks, short pants, and skinny. Yeah. What is your well? Okay. Oh, what Kendra has a son too. What does your son wear to work? He's you know he is so much a Sheldon. He still wears a tie and Oxford shirt, and that's just his MIT look that he rocks 
Uh, so, yeah, he's How very he? retro. He's 26. Yeah, my son's 25, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, Does he but wear he, tight, he, short pants or not? Uh, yeah, he wears fitted. He likes the the, the European yeah. fit kind of yeah. slacks, and he'll wear a suit jacket, but he likes that tie in Oxford. Aww. Any last last comments? Anybody got something they want to say? Anybody? I just don't understand why they were so mean to you. That was just so out of – I mean, what is it with the bullying lately? It's crazy. Uh, yeah, so I mean, these women are, are, they are tough. They are tough. I and I, actually, I could talk about the soccer team as well. Uh, those soccer women, they're pretty tough. And that contradicts what we're being told always about oh, women don't like tough words. Women don't. There's oversensitive. You keep this textio is saying, don't use this word in your job. Don't. These women were tough. Okay, so I put up there, look look at this. this. is the big news about this U.S. soccer team. They don't fit the profile that we're being told uh, women fit all the time, that they're very sensitive. Man, I got, I got slaughtered on that. I thought it was an interesting thing. Uh, my husband and I were talking about it, and it's like you cannot say anything now without it being construed as racist or sexist or, I mean, a simple sentence that you never thought was it was benign, and all of a sudden you're ostracized because of it. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Will, we're yeah. headed down a slippery slope there. Jerry would warn me that now's a good time to say thank you, Phil. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you, Kendra. Thank you, Adam, at the beginning, and thank you to the guest who uh, cut his stay very short. You know, Kathy's right. He's such an interesting guy to listen to. Uh, I forgave him, but I was mad to start off with. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.